Hi there, Caitlin here. Our mission at EB Academics is simple. Help middle school ELA teachers take back their time outside of the classroom by providing them with engaging lessons, planning frameworks, and genuine support so that you can become the best version of yourself, both inside and outside of the classroom. So if you think you might be ready to try something new because you know you simply cannot continue the way that you have been, that I'd invite you to take a moment to check out the EB Teachers Club, the EB Writing Program, or the EB Grammar Program by visiting the links in the description of the podcast. We hope to continue to support you within one of our programs in the future. And in the meantime, we look forward to serving you right here on the podcast each week. All right, teachers, welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. We are moving into... November, which is just fascinating to me that it's November and the end of the year. How are you feeling about Thanksgiving, the holidays? I'm like, I'm here for it. I'm ready for <laughs> travel, son's birthday, like all the fun stuff. I love yeah. it. I'm yeah. Excited. I am. We take well to Disneyland this time of right. year. So I'm super excited to like, I'm not even a huge Disney fan, but it's just so special with him. The holidays, like, I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. And- Let's face it. I mean, I'm not a huge Disney fan either, but like the decorations are so cool this time of year. If you're going to go, it's like, this is the time. Yeah, this is the time. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I we always go like the Sunday after Thanksgiving because no one's there, which mm-hmm. is nice because everyone okay. went back to school. But he's in school this year. That's different. Yeah, I'm taking him out of yeah. school. Awesome. <laughs> I'm here for it. We're skipping quite a few days actually <laughs> travel too. And it's all good. They will catch I us. Just, he'll be fine. I'm not worried yes. about it, you know? Totally. Um, All right. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about mastering the tricky standard of analyzing conflicting information with this lesson. And I think this is such an appropriate lesson because think about all of the media just in general that our students consume on TikTok, on social. I don't even know what apps they're probably on nowadays that they're probably thinking they're getting like legitimate information. I mean, I don't know about you. I'll come across posts on Instagram and I'm like, oh, that seems true. And I'm like, well, that's not good enough to like go share that information with somebody else. Like we got to make sure that's a credible source. So I think this is very appropriate for our students to brush up on this skill or actually like acquire this skill um, for life in general. So let's start by talking about, you know, what do you do typically as a teacher when your students are reading informational texts or they're preparing for a research assignment and they come across conflicting information from different sources? So as a teacher, it's like, we can't stop what we're doing and help every single student figure out, well, this source is actually more accurate, or this is the quote that you should use in your research. And also, if we did that, yes, it's going to take us a ton of time, but we're also not helping our students really learn and understand this skill and why it's so important. So what we want to talk about is, you know, yes, students often come across conflicting information. And what happens is more often than not, they're just going to pick the one that they want to go with and not really bother to try to determine if it's accurate information or not. They either want to get through the lesson or they're like, oh, this piece of information supports my position more. So I'm just going to use this one. Right. Or what do you do when you realize that you need to cover a standard that tells your students, "Okay, we're going to analyze two or more texts that provide conflicting information on the same topic. And we're going to identify where the texts disagree on matter of fact or interpretation. So we're looking at that standard and we're like, well, where do we even begin? And that's what we want to talk about today um, on this podcast episode. So we're going to share some practical strategies that are going to empower you as a teacher, whether you need to teach this tricky standard or you realize that 
you got to give, you know, a guide to your students and how to handle this maze of information that's available to them so that they really become more critical thinking um, analyzers of just information in general, not just when we're researching. I don't think that this is apropos. I think that this is applicable to anytime students are consuming media just in general in our world, to be quite frank, in today's day and age. Yeah. And I think what you said there is key. It's like students need a guide. They need some sort of direction here because this is such a complex standard. And when students are sitting down in class or even at home for that matter, and they're just bombarded with information during a Google search, right? They need to have a basic understanding of what even is conflicting information? They might not even be aware that it's out there, right? Because they're not searching on multiple sites. So in order for them to figure out, like, I'm going to believe this quote, or I'm going to believe this statistic, they have to have a guide for what to look for. So that's where we're going to start with. So I'm going to offer you some things to consider that you might want to review with your students before they do any research project or read multiple texts, you know, nonfiction texts, informational texts. So some things you might want to review is, Why does conflicting information even occur? What is it? And then how can students identify shared details among texts? And how can they identify conflicting details among texts? Then you're probably going to want to define perspective, bias, agenda. Those are big topics, right? Some of our students might not even be aware of those. But once we explain it to them, all of a sudden, They're going to start noticing those in commercials, in articles, in stories, whatever they're reading. So it's a really good skill for them to have. And you want to talk to them about evaluating source credibility and cross-referencing information. Now, of course, using critical thinking skills as they're reading. And all of those things, that's a lot of stuff to go over with your students, right? And it can kind of seem daunting if you're listening to this. But just knowing, okay, those are some areas that I get to focus on with my students it's going to make this an easier approach for you, right? It gives you that guide. It gives you that roadmap to follow. So you know, okay, this is the information I need to front load my students with so they can be successful when they have to master that tricky standard of analyzing the conflict information. So we want to break down this concept with ideas that you can use to teach your students these skills. So first things first, students need to understand like what is conflicting information? They need to know that it's when different sources, you know, whether it's the article, an essay, a post that they're reading online, whatever it is, that different sources say different things about the same topic or idea. And again, that might seem pretty basic, but students might not realize that. And then it can make it tricky for them to know, okay, well, what's true, what's correct, and what's not. So imagine how helpful it would be if you explain to your students that information can conflict because of different perspectives, limited knowledge, personal biases, agendas, and evolving understanding. And again, you'd have to define all of those things for your students, right? And then once you define those, what if you provided an example of each of those for your students to discuss? So I want you to imagine this, for example, if it was um, different perspectives, you could ask your students to imagine that a person has risked his or her life to save a rabbit. Like that sounds so kind of random, right? But I think it'll drive the point home. So someone has risked their life to save a rabbit. And you could explain to your students that they might find different opinions from journalists about this person's actions. Some might see the person as brave. Others might see the person as foolish. 
And those perspectives are going to lead to different descriptions about the same event. So a very simple example, but it's already going to get wheels turning for students like, oh, okay, maybe I should consider who is writing this piece of, of text that I'm reading and mm-hmm. hmm, what might their perspective be? Yeah. I mean, just like life in general, totally. anything. we all bring our own everything to any conversation that we have with people. So once students have a better grasp on why information can conflict, they're going to be more critical readers as they research and they'll hopefully start to question. They'll come across something to be like, hmm, analyze, like, what's the validity of this that they're reading? Okay. But then students might be ready to find like the most accurate information among the the conflicting information that they find. Like what is the most, which is like ridiculous. What is the most accurate, you know, but it's true, right? Like we have all of these biases. It just is what it is. And the same way that students can learn to do this is when reading, we're going to give you like just an example of how you can do this in your classroom with your students is when they're reading two sources of information on the same topic, their first job is to identify, okay, well, which details do the two sources share? Like, what do they have in common? And these details are most likely to be true because they are agreed upon between the writers. So both writers included this information. Okay. That's most likely to be true. Crazy to me to even say that out loud. But after explaining that to students, well, then they get to practice that, right? So what you can do is you can give them two different paragraphs on the same topic, and you want to make sure that some details are the same and some details are different. Jessica will talk to you about how you can um, easily do this in another example coming up here in just a second. And then you can have students identify and discuss those shared details. So after you discuss those shared details, then you can have students identify and discuss, okay, well, what are the details that are different? or the details that conflict in both of these articles. And you can very easily use ChatGPT to come up with these paragraphs. You can even feed ChatGPT, make some of the details similar, right? And make some of the details different or conflicting because I'm using it for this particular purpose. ChatGPT is super knowledgeable in being able to help you kind of execute on this. Absolutely. It's it's like truly amazing what it can do to save you time as a teacher. Totally. So after you do something like that, where you're analyzing two paragraphs, you might want to consider a mini lesson all about perspective, bias, and agenda. So again, you've already defined those terms for your students. You've given them examples, and now you want to give students some hands-on practice. So this can be done by examining the URLs of websites. So I just want you to kind of picture this. Imagine your students went to a website called outdooradventure.com. Think about what kind of information they might find there. Likely, it would be positive details about time spent outside or doing outdoor adventures, right? Versus a website called techconnectonline.com. What kind of information would students find there? Probably it's going to be a focus on the benefits of spending time connecting to technology instead of being outside in nature. So you could pick any two websites, you know, of course, appropriate ones for your students to visit and then let them dig into the biases and the perspectives that a website might have, might have. Let them click around on the website again, after you've gone through it, make sure it's safe (laughs) and have them get a feeling for what is the website promoting? What are the values of this company? What are they even maybe trying to sell me as a visitor to their site? And just getting students to have those discussions is really going to be eye-opening for them, again, about analyzing conflicting information among two different sources. Mm -hmm. 
Now, once students complete that task, which I love, I think that's going to be super fascinating for them to like dive into and start to uncover things. It's kind of like being a detective trying to figure out like, okay, what is this site all about, right? It's important to have a discussion on evaluating source credibility. So students need to know that when they read information, it's important to make sure that the sources are trustworthy, that they're reliable sources. This is especially true when they're getting conflicting information from different sources, So in addition to like being on the site and checking for a source's bias or agenda or what they promote, et cetera, all of that stuff, students can also look for the following in a source. They can look for the author's background. They can look at the publisher or the website itself or the date of publication, right? That might change the information of whether or not it's credible anymore because things change. Sources and references, right? Where are they getting their information? And again, it might be a good idea to give students two chat GPT created articles where you make up a title, an author, a publication date, a source for the articles, all that stuff. And you can make this information more credible in one article for the other. It's like really make this clear for students. And I think this is probably the easiest way to go about doing this is using chat GPT at your side. So for example, you might give students article number one that uses a fake name for the author that would be something like Bigfoot Enthusiast. And you can make sure that words are like misspelled in the title and things like that. Obviously, that's not as credible of a resource as perhaps a news outlet or something like that. So finally, you can wrap up the lesson with your students by showing students how they can cross-reference information. So this means comparing information from multiple sources. They're checking for consistency. They're checking for accuracy. They're checking for reliability. And what it does is it involves looking over different details or pieces of evidence And they're going to see, like, does this match up? Does this create a complete picture? Does this create a complete true picture, right? And this involves typically using more than one source, right? Because we want to have things to compare against. They're checking for similar facts and details. They're questioning, like, differences. Well, why is this different here than compared to this article over here? And then they start to ask critical thinking questions because that is interesting. Why are these different? They can also use common sense, right? Some of our students have that um, and apply what they learned into these mini lessons. And Jessica's going to give you um, something else that you can kind of do to put it into practice. Yeah. So think of everything that we just went over as that guide that we talked about, that front loading of information for students so that they actually understand what they need to know before putting this into practice. So once students have all this background information, what better way to like apply it than with a really, really like interesting, engaging story for them. So I want to share like a bit of a story that you might consider using with them. So in 1950, 11 men, and this is true, by the way, 11 men stole $2.7 million from Brinks headquarters in Boston. And it was almost the perfect crime. But when you think about this, 11 people involved in a crime, of course, they're going to have different things to say about what happened during that crime and who was to blame. So in this lesson that we've created, students are going to learn what to do when they read conflicting information from different sources. And then they'll use these skills to put together the details of that famous Brinks robbery. And they'll be analyzing conflicting details. They'll use critical thinking skills to understand how did the robbery take place? What actually occurred? Who really was to blame? So if you're an EV Teachers Club member, there's an entire analyzing conflicting um, 
resource for you. It's waiting for you inside the club. You can use one of your monthly codes on it. And it includes a complete presentation of that guide that we really went through with examples and practice activities for learning all about analyzing conflict. And it also includes articles and information about the famous Brinks robbery. So students can put this newfound knowledge to use. And if you're not an EB Teachers Club member and you are curious about like, okay, I feel like I've got a grasp on how I can front load my students with that information. And I'm curious about this Brinks robbery. I would just recommend that, you know, you do some research on this on your own, because of course there is going to be a lot of conflicting information out there. And it is kind of a confusing case. I just want to make sure you're not like, sending your students off to random websites and they're seeing things that maybe they shouldn't see. So just a little disclaimer there if you're using something outside of the resource we created. Awesome. Um, so whether you choose to use this or, you know, analyzing conflicting information resource or you make up a lesson on your own, there really is a ton of value in spending time on this tricky standard, not only just because it's a standard, but because it's going to equip our students with a life skill that they really should have, um, especially in today's day and age. So a lesson like this is going to help students not only assess the credibility of various resources and arguments, but it's that necessary skill, right? In today's digital age, there's so much information overload. There's so much fake information. There's so much quote unquote fake news, right? The whole thing that we're seeing in our media and our consumption of media, it's oftentimes contradictory and it's very confusing for students to, to grow up in. So doing a lesson all about analyzing conflicting information is going to empower your students to make more informed decisions about what they read as they examine different viewpoints, right? They're hone their problem solving skills. So it's relevant to other aspects of being a human as well um, and refine their research techniques. Like this really is a helpful activity to do with them. Um, and it promotes just better citizenship as they grow up, more responsible citizenship. It prepares them to engage in those informed conversations with others um, as they come across things on media. So we do want to give you um, just something to be aware of as we head into the holiday season. So Black Friday is coming up and Cyber Monday, right? All the sales. And if you have been wanting to be an EB writing program teacher, this is our complete A to Z, how to teach writing in middle school to your students. Um, we are going to be doing a special offer come Black Friday. So make sure that your name is on the wait list. If you go to ebacademics.com forward slash writing wait list and be on the lookout come Black Friday for some information about that sale that we will be doing. Um, and it is special. It only happens once a year. Um, so we're excited for that. So if you are not on our writing wait list yet, go ahead and add your name. I'll put the link where you guys are watching this video or listening to the podcast as well. So thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next week on the podcast. We're going to be talking about student-friendly short stories and a simple hack for incorporating them into your classroom. All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye everyone.